Hi, this is Mel Cranenberg, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Backstory, a weekly radio show exploring books, stories, the craft of writing, and the people behind the lines. Backstory is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Independent Melbourne Radio 3 Triple R. On today's show, Adam Thompson's debut short story collection, Born Into This, is a powerful blend of finely woven writing, wry humour and unflinching depictions of complex characters as they confront discrimination, ongoing cultural destruction, a ravaged landscape, classroom politics, questions of identity and even untimely death. From a jaded Aboriginal heritage ranger showing city kids around a landscape he thought he knew, to a young woman breaking into forestry sites to find her own way to secretly reclaim the land. Thompson's story sits squarely in the complexity of life for Pakana and Palwa Tasmanians in a state a country that still shifts uneasily under the weight of its colonial legacy. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Donnie never witnessed the old man sleep. Of a night when he should have been slumbering himself, he would observe his grandfather quietly from the bed through the opening between the two rooms. William would lean back in his handmade rocking chair in front of the dying fire, sipping cups of leaf tea and quietly humming to himself. Occasionally, he would reach into the fireplace and take a stick, which he used to light his pipe. As the tobacco flared, Donnie would catch the old man's face in the light fascinated by his brown, wrinkled forehead, long, hooked nose and proud moustache. Donnie would wonder at the origins of this mysterious figure. As the flame died, William would bend back into the, blend back into the darkness where, as a dark, dark man, he seemed to Donnie to belong. That's an excerpt from Jack's Island, one of the stories in Adam Thompson's assured debut collection, Born Into This. A powerful blend of finely woven writing, wry humour and unflinching depictions of nuanced characters. Thompson's stories let the reader sit in the complexity of life in Tasmania for Aboriginal people, living in a state, a country that still shifts uneasily under the weight of its colonial legacy. Adam joins me now to talk about his collection. Adam Thompson, welcome to Backstory. Hi, Mel. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for joining me. Uh, As I was saying to you off air, I was just absolutely blown away by this collection. And uh, you are billed in the the bio on this book as an emerging writer, but uh, I really do feel like you've kind of emerged fully formed as a writer, which kind of really leads me to to ask you the question about, you know, your writing history, because obviously uh, you've mentioned in interviews that you really hadn't written a large number of stories before you started winning awards. What really, what do you feel was the kind of grounding for the writing that you've produced in this collection? Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, you know, I do label myself as emerging author because I haven't been writing that long, really, um, I mean, I'm I'm 43 years old, so I've been around for a while, but I didn't really start writing fiction until probably about 2016. 
And I guess, you know, I just felt I had enough life experience to kind of, and, and you know, interesting things that happened in my life to, to write about. And, and so, you know, that's why I kind of started then and it was a bit slower and it's, it still is a bit slower. I mean, I don't write all the time. Um, but it's, you know, and I guess when you ask what grounding I've got for this work, well, you know, I'm, I'm part of the Aboriginal community and I've been blessed to have an amazing job and experiences within our community. I work for the Tasmanian Aboriginal Centre and, you know, I spent a lot of time on the islands and that, that excerpt that you read out from Jack's Island, you know, that's, you know, that's part of my experiences, um, obviously fictionalised, but about, you know, spending time on the islands in Bass Strait where my family connections are from and hearing the old stories, you know, from my grandmother about living in those places and spending time there and wandering around the old ruins of the mutton bird sheds and, and the foundations of the old the old houses that are no longer there. And, and it's just such an amazing place and an amazing history and heritage that we've got that, you know, there's just so much to write about. And I guess I just come to that point in my life where I wanted to, you know, express myself creatively and... Um, and that's, that's how it started. There's a real, like with all the best uh, short story collections, there's a real cast of characters in this in this work, uh, really from coming from different perspectives and experiences, but all built around um, this experience of being uh, an Aboriginal person in Tasmania. And I, I really feel as though I want to talk about how you've created such kind of fleshly, real characters with all of their complexity and nuance um it's a kind of real exercise in Chekhovian humanism you've you've um placed these characters uh in in these uh experiences of various uh issues in their lives how they react to it is very much up to the character where do these individual characters uh come from how do you start building such real characters um, well, I guess you know. I mean, I didn't. I didn't start with a kind of a list of characters and, and how I would portray them in these stories. I guess each story just just came to life based on probably based on a, a, an experience that I've had or that I, you know, something this idea popped into my mind. And you know, I stew over those ideas for a long time and before I put pen to paper. And and I guess you know, for me. Writing and reading is about um, is about the characters. I mean, the plot the plot's got an importance, but it really is about um, identifying with the characters and creating characters that are authentic. And you know, there's so many interesting people in our community, but I haven't based these characters on anyone in particular. But you know, there's so many character traits that are you know that are worth include you know writing about and uh, and 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 kind of partially basing characters on there there's no shortage of material um, so you know they just they just sprang to life from the story yeah look the mind. Yeah. Right from the opening pages, you're really uh, from the original, uh, for the, the first story in the collection, The Old Tin Mine, uh, you're introduced to this quite jaded um, Aboriginal kind of heritage, um, you know, officer who's taking out a group of city kids um, to a region that he, you know, he knows really well in many ways, but actually that, you know, is suffering the ravages of 
you know, climate change and colonialism and all those other things, um, really you're letting him sort of sit in this kind of, you know, he's quite a grisly old character and um, you're really giving us a sense of, of him, his environment and the kind of complexity of the politics surrounding him as well in a way that that really is letting it all sit there without making um, definitive statements. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to sort of see what a short story can do, particularly for powerful and still, um, you know, incredibly difficult um, issues that, that people are, are facing um, that Australia is grappling with. Uh, you know, what, what do you do to make sure that, you know, you can let all of these things sit without sort of... Um, detracting from the realness of your characters and their experiences? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, you write about a short story, you know, in, in that form, you've got this little window of, of, of time to, to kind of talk about something and introduce something to the reader. Um, and, you know, often you're only brushing over things, so you've kind of got to be... Um, Quite economical in, your, in, in in what you write. Um, that that story that you mentioned, uh, the old tin mine. Um, you know, that, I mean, that kind of just come from me thinking about you know someone ha- running a um, survival camp, and you know they're kind of like you said, they're jaded, and they you know they like smoking their weed. They they, they don't really want to change what they're doing, um, and they're kind of you know stuck in the same thing they have been for a while and and how does that work you know with with protocols and stuff that you have to deal with today like drug and alcohol policies and things like that and you know there are aboriginal heritage officers that that do this type of work and have been around and they've seen a lot of changes in in how their work's rolled out over time you know different expectations from the aboriginal community about how they're supposed to do things so you know at, at some point people are just going to become kind of sick of having to keep up with that. And that, that's what that character does. I mean, that, that story is also good because it talks about, you know, I guess Aboriginal people who live in cities, especially young people, and, and, and being assimilated um, and how that kind of sits with, with someone from the island who's got that real strong cultural heritage background. Mm. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, there's so much material, you know, there's no shortage of material to write about. Um, and, so many interesting ways you can present characters in these really remarkable environments, you know, such as the islands. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Create The short story, as you say, is such the perfect um, vehicle for this because you are implicating or impli- implying, I should say, a, and also implicating a bigger world beyond the, the few pages that are occupied by a short story. The best of short stories do that. You feel like uh, you could continue to read about this character before and after what you see on the page. So it really enables you to, to slice out that, that particular life and that particular issue without losing the complexity. With that in mind, I wanted to talk about the central, uh, sorry, the, the title um, story born into this, uh, which sort of follows a young woman um, and, you know, her kind of, her small uh, way of reclaiming a sense of self and a sense of land um, by sort of sneaking into forestry uh, sites. And I won't go into what she does because it's quite a beautiful kind of revelation in the story. 
Uh, can you talk about that? Because I thought that was a particularly um, complex story in, in, what, in what it was uncovering about the character and, and their relationship with um, their identity and, and the reclamation of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's about someone who's I'm sick of the, the daily grind and they don't feel like they're getting anywhere in life and, you know, starts to use a little bit of their new spare time to, to make a difference and reflecting on their, you know, their heritage background and time they've spent with, with people in their community that have, that have um, inspired them in some way. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, that's probably my favourite story, one of my favourite stories in the collection. And, and, you know, I thought that was a fitting title for the, for the collection because... You know, born into this, it's you know, it's this kind of world we're born into as you know Tasmanian Aboriginal people and and any Aboriginal person in Australia, I guess as well, where you know we we live in you know predominantly a white society and um, you know all of the interesting scenarios that come from that that clash of values um, is kind of I've tried to capture in in this collection. Um, but yeah, I think that story's uh, that's uh, it's it's one of the, it's. I mean, I wouldn't say it's one of the better stories, but it's just it's just my favourite. I think. Yeah, I really found it an incredibly. I I went back and read it again almost immediately because it was one that really resonated, and just to see, you know, because big things don't need to happen in a story to really um, nail an idea or a thought or a feeling. And that that story for me really exemplified um, the power of a of a well told short story that that just shows these small acts um in the, and the context with such humanism yeah absolutely and uh, you know like like you know we're saying the uh, the short form is a perfect opportunity to do that and i think you know you, with the short story you know you, you don't owe the reader um you know for everything to be resolved you know you don't have to wrap it up with a neat little bow and for me, I mean, I write what I like to read. And when I read something, I want to, I want to feel something. You know, I want to, you know, walk away after that story and, and be thinking about it and kind of questioning whether I've kind of understood it properly. And, um, you know, so I kind of like a bit of a twist ending. I like yes. a big word. Yeah, I did notice that, which is part of the reason. Yeah, you have, um, it's not kind of O. Henry sort of um, throwaway reveal um but you do seem to have m- many of these stories have a twist in the tale yeah yeah i i think that you know i think it's a story as a, a success if somebody's thinking about it for a while after and uh, and i have had you know i mean the book hasn't been out that long it was released on the 2nd of february but you know from the reviews i've read and the feedback i've got from other people they all seem to say the same thing that you know they've been thinking about it afterwards and it's made them consider some of the messages in the, in in the book in the stories and um, so I think you know if if that that's the measure of success I think is uh, is is that people are feeling something and uh, whether that's sadness or elation or guilt or whatever it is you know they're feeling something and they're thinking about it afterwards. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. I'm speaking with author Adam Thompson about his powerful debut collection, Born Into This. Adam, I 
you know, I really did want to talk about at least one of the other stories in this collection. Uh, Sunny is one that had uh, quite an impact on me as well. And I thought it really, you know, it's set at a funeral. It covers um, some really difficult issues really kind of beautifully. I found it, I was powerfully moved by this story because it really does show these kind of complexities of identity, um, you know, within communities and colorism and all sorts of things are going on in there that I really feel like, uh, yeah, it was such a such a strong story. Can you talk a little bit about that one? Yeah, sure, Mel. So, so Sunny is um, th- that's a story I wrote for a competition with the Hobart Readers um, and Writers Festival and the. The theme of the competition was what it means to be Aboriginal in Tasmania today. So I wrote that story, Sonny. It's it's set from the perspective of a of a white fella, and he's talking about growing up, and he's reflecting on uh, growing up and, and being friends with an Aboriginal person. And it starts off at this Aboriginal person's funeral, so they've died, and um, you know he's reflecting on the kind of you know when he, they first met and. And, and some incidents that occur between them and, 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 you know, and I guess I tried, with that story, I tried to paint a picture of what it's like to be a Tasmanian Aboriginal person, dealing with casual racism, having family connections, going mutton burning, all of those things I've incorporated in there. And, uh, and, and yeah, and it's, well, I called it Sonny because it's the name of my son. <laughs> um, but look, you know, I, I, I like that story. I think it's, uh, I think it um, makes people feel something, and uh, and the uh, Griffith Review liked it and and and, and printed it in, in their last issue. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's. Uh, I would like to talk a little bit about the fact that you know you quite uh, early on in your writing career uh, have achieved quite a lot of success with your stories. You've won prizes. Uh, you were one of the alumni of the first ever group of people taken into the Wheeler Centre's Next Chapter uh, scheme, which was about supporting emerging writers uh, to have you know into a career rather than just offering a, a one-off prize. It was a mentorship program um, and offered an opportunity for people to work on what they were doing. Can you talk a bit about your experience with that and maybe how it helped to shape this collection or other work you've done? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'd like to start with, you know, I guess why, you know, what kind of got me started on this path. You know, so, you know, I was doing a bit of writing and then that competition, uh, there was a competition with the Tamer Valley Writers Festival and I, uh, and I, I submitted a story to that, and that story was Honey, which is in, in born into this. And, um, you know, that was successful, and uh, there was a bit of prize money, and I thought, oh, this is all right. You know, and I, no one had really read my work until then, so getting a bit of feedback on it was kind of, you know, it, was, it, was, it inspired me to kind of write more. Um, and then I... Um, and, and I'm friends with a with a person who was an office with Arts Tasmania, and uh, and and... And I, I applied for a grant to get a mentorship, and I was successful. And uh, I got a mentorship with um, with, a, with an author in Hobart called Kate Gordon. And uh, I worked with Kate for a whole year, and I was I was writing stories and sending them to her, and we were kind of tossing them back and forwards. And um, and 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 I had, I didn't have any background in creative writing at all. So you know, I had the stories. Um, and I, and I was, you know, putting them together reasonably well. But you know, Kate helped me to refine them a little bit as well. 
especially with, with a bit of craft kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, we did that mentorship and I wrote quite a few of the stories that are inborn into this during that process. And then um, there was another competition and that's the one that I wrote, Sunny, uh, for the, the Hobart Readers and Writers Festival. And, uh, you know, again, another opportunity, more inspiration. Uh, and then at some point, yeah, look, the, the, the next chapter was announced by the Wheeler Centre and... Um, and I, and I heard about it. I was at the Varuna Writers' House at the time, and some of the other writers that were there were talking about it, this new initiative, and there's all this money and, you know, all this opportunity with a mentor and, you know, and all of the contacts and, and influence that the, the Wheeler Centre has was behind this scheme. Um, and, yeah, and look, I, I didn't think I'd even get a look in. I, I applied. I think you had to provide 10,000 words for manuscript. And I, and I easily had that. I had quite a few stories together. And my stories are roughly, you know, two and a half thousand to three and a half thousand words. So, you know, I sent four stories in, I think, and, um, and, and you know, there were some amazing judges, you know, in that, in that year. Um, and I, look, I did. I, I thought, look, I'm not even going to get looking. This is this, this national initiative. And, you know, here am I, this kind of tazzy writer who's done, you know, bugger all, really. And, um, and you know, like... And, and and I was at the um, Tamer Valley Writers Festival um, about to do a welcome, and um, I got this call from um, from the Wheeler Centre to say that I was successful. You know, I was over the moon. You know, and it was such a great scheme. You know, I mean, the pro- the, the the money that it provided was amazing. You know, to be able to have time off work to write and 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 that sort of thing. But you know, it was just being amongst the other. Um, Participants, um, you know, we went all went to Verena Writers Centre together. You know, we all had this really amazing network amongst ourselves. And the other writers that were selected in that first year of the, the next chapter, you know, I mean, we're all good friends now. And you know, we're just it was just a really amazing group. And then and then the, the mentorship that I had was with with Kate Kennedy. Mm. And so, you know, and I, I was so stoked to, to be able to get together get together with Kate. I mean. She's amazing and an amazing writer, an amazing person too. Um, you know, and we just established this great connection. And 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 so over that year, with the next chapter scheme, um, I wrote more stories and 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 I sent them to Kate, and and we looked at the other ones too, and we kind of just refined them a little bit more, and 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 and, and talked about, um, you know, the order, and and sort of Kate had an idea about writing another story that she kind of felt would finalise a collection. Um, so I wrote that one, and that was Time and Tide, um, which is about um, about a family that go mutton birding and, and there's no birds that year. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. So, yeah, um, and, you know, and then at the end of the scheme, we all got together and the Wheeler Centre introduced us to these publishers and they came along and did a pitch about, you know, why we should kind of consider them and, and what they're interested in. And through that process, you know, I met Aviva Tuffield from UQP and, you know, she wanted to look, she wanted to read my work and she knew Kate Kennedy and being her publisher. So, you know, I got this amazing in with, with, with Aviva and UQP and, and she loved the work and got a publishing deal and that's it. You know, now it's, now it's out. So, you know, all, all of these opportunities that I've had, you know, they've all, um, They've all contributed to this book being being published, and I'm really grateful. 
Yeah, it's really great. I mean, it's wonderful that you went into such detail about that because I think one of the huge issues that that people have in getting published or, in fact, breaking into any area of the arts uh, is access. And I think the next chapter was obviously created to offer that access. But again, um, you know, from the, the quality of your writing already, you can see that you were at a level that um, you would you would get notice. Uh, I do wonder if there is more need uh, for pathways programs for people still developing, as well. Do you feel as though there there is enough of that out there, or would you like to see more? Um, particularly, you know, talking about being a Tasmanian writer um, and a Pakana writer, like other people. Um, you know, we need more uh, than, you know, just the, the lucky few coming into the industry to truly have change. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that, that scheme, the next chapter was about, you know, getting new voices out there. And I think, you know, for me, it was it was a huge leg up. I don't think I would have, you know, been published. I mean, I don't know. I mean, other people said that I, I could have been published. You know, the, the mentors I had all, all thought that I, my work could be published, but... You know, I don't. There's an opportunity that that came along, and I and I took it, and and it worked for me. But yeah, definitely, there, there needs to be more of that. I mean, you know, the the people want to read new voices, and sometimes it's hard, you know, for for new voices to get to get a look in because you know often I think publishers are looking for that commercial, the, the work that you know will do well commercially, and um, and and not not don't want to risk. Um, you don't, don't want to put a risk in, in, in a new voice. So, yeah, look, you know, the next chapter and, and that were great and, yeah, there definitely should be more of, more schemes like that. Absolutely. Now, I, I, I'm really, uh, I did realise that uh, Kate Kennedy, because you, you've spoken about that in other interviews um, and certainly have um, referenced uh, her mentorship of you, um, I was going to say that, that you must have had a great um, kind of kinship with one another because I can see your similar styles of short story writers, both really humanist um, in your focus. Uh, was that something you sort of found, you know, what is it like to have that sort of mentor relationship with a writer with whom you have that meeting of minds? Oh, look, it's great. I mean, you know, Kate had so much experience um, and I, I read her work and I loved it and it was, I wouldn't say it's intimidating because she's such a, a, a nice person and a good person to work with and a very warm person. Um, so I wasn't intimidated, but yeah, it's, it's um, it's interesting working with a mentor. The same with Kate Gordon in Hobart. You know, they're, they're just such amazing writers and people. I've been very lucky to have people like that in my life. They're so supportive, and um, and you know, they they respected my voice, I suppose. And you know, and both of those people um, didn't want to change my voice, and and they said, you know, you you, you know, people are going to want to read this stuff, and um, so really, we were just working on on um, sort of craft craft kind of things and, and some of some of the endings and different things. Um, yeah. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Backstory on Triple R. I'm Mel Cranenberg and I'm talking to author Adam Thompson about his debut short story collection, Born Into This. Uh, we've been lucky enough to have a bit of a wide-ranging discussion about the stories and, um, and of course, um, Adam's experience uh, with the next chapter uh, scheme. 
I do want to touch on something that I, I know short story writers get asked a lot. Certainly Kate Kennedy uh, used to have to field a lot of questions about this, um, which is, uh, are you going to write a novel? Kate did ultimately write a novel. I feel a bit horrible asking you this question. Um, what do you feel as though this, you've found your form with the short story and you're going to explore that for a while? Or do you feel as though, you know, it is something that, that maybe is making you look at these other longer forms of of fiction writing? Um, it's a good question. Look, I, I am currently, you know, trying my hand at a novel. Um, but, I, you know, I certainly wouldn't say I've, I can only write short form. I, I do like, you know, the short stories. I like what you can achieve with it. But I like reading a novel, and I can understand um, people, you know, the reader often want to um, learn more about a character and, and see that character grow and develop. Um, and, you, you know, you, you're quite limited in a short story how you can do that. So, you know, yeah, I, I definitely um, would like to try that. Just, you know, just to test myself as well, just to see if I can do it. It's a challenge. Um, and I know that, you know, publishers see novels as, as, as more commercial as well. And, you know, so there's always that element of, I guess, wanting to... Wanting to be kind of successful with, with book sales and that as well. And yes, I am. Yes, I am writing a novel at the moment. I'm not going to talk about what it's about. No. <laughs> I'm paranoid about about uh, people taking my idea. But but yeah, I am trying that. But I'm I'm still writing uh, short stories as well, and I definitely have plans to to release another collection. I've wondered, um, you know, some, I have certainly in the past written things that I sometimes look back over and I feel like uh, I don't you know, it feels like it's something from outside of myself. It's an odd thing sometimes when you've, um, particularly I think if you haven't read something of your own for a while and um, and you've kind of been developing it a little bit, that sometimes it takes on a little bit of a life of its own. Is there anything in this collection that, that, you, that sort of strikes you anew or when you look at it, it feels like you're seeing something different in it um, or that you can't, that haunts you somewhat? Oh, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, um, I guess what's what's been interesting lately is reading people's reviews on on Born into This, and and I feel like other people are better at talking about my book than I am. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I just kind of I just wrote it, and you know, I had ideas for messages and and and, and different effects, of course. But you know, when when people kind of intellectualise your work, sometimes I think, oh, was I was I really trying to say that, or can I? Did I fluke that or whatever? But um, yeah, it's it's uh, look. I do you know I do read over the stories from time to time, and um, and uh, and I kind of I guess I imagine what people are going to think about it. I've got you know I've got a much uh, because I'm part of the Aboriginal community and I've experienced this stuff. You know I've got a you know pretty in-depth understanding of it, and I'm, I sometimes wonder how other people feel about. Know some of these things, and um, so it's really interesting to get people's feedback. Actually, I'm really enjoying that at the moment. It's a really interesting thing because a lot of, particularly debut writers as well, um, reviews can be quite a you know excoriating experience um, where you're sort of you know seeing people actually criticise your work or hold it up to a different lens than the one you you thought it had. It's really nice to hear someone who's um, who's actually finding something positive out of that. It's a really interesting thing, isn't it? Because a piece of criticism is a totally different art form. Um, and it is an art form. It's not necessarily uh, you as a writer might nece- not necessarily 
think of it as having a direct relationship with your work sometimes. I've been I've been warned about reading reviews, but um, I mean I, I'm so new at this I, I couldn't help it. And uh, but it's been good, uh, um, really. I mean I've been quite lucky in, in the reviews that I've had, um, and people seem to uh, enjoy the work. I mean, it's sort of the some of the messages in there are kind of you know political. I mean I I write a bit about you know how I feel about Australia Day, and um, you know I've I've been quite vocal um, myself in. In, you know, down here about um, about you know changing the date and you know trying to get people to support that campaign and I've been involved in that campaign for a long time. Um, you know, so some of these messages and, and things here you know, will be confronting to people, and I I haven't really um, received any feedback from those sort of people about that. I've only I've only received positive comments. Yeah, look, I mean, I guess that once you put something out into the world, it does uh, de- tend to get sort of a life of its own and um, picked apart by those who will pick it apart. But there is so much in here that we haven't even touched on and almost would need a whole other show to do so. Um, uh, there is another short story in here that I, I did um, that has sort of stayed with me and that was, um, and I can't recall the name of it now, set in, set in a school with a, a young woman sort of, you know, really, I think it's descendant, I'm pretty sure, descendant. Um, and it really does kind of cover these issues around um, Aboriginal identity and um, inheritance and, um, you know, reclamation and things of that nature, which I just found really interesting. Um, and also, you know, a kid who doesn't fit in at school, which is a highly relatable situation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, that's, you know, one of my pet hates and, and, and a lot of, you know, my people down here, you know, these, these, these phonies, these imposters who claim to be Aboriginal and they're not. Um, you know, and we see it all the time. And I guess with that story, I wanted to, I kind of wanted to get that message across. And, you know, I find when you talk to, you know, non-Aboriginal people about identity, you know, they seem to be kind of sympathetic to to people who claim to be Aboriginal but don't have any evidence of that at all. Um, and and so, you know, when you talk to people and try and, you know, explain to people that, you know, that the, the authenticity of our community is important to us, and, you know, if, you, if you're going to claim to be Aboriginal, then, you know, you need to be actually Aboriginal, you know. Um, that, that's an important thing. Um, so, you know, I kind of wrote that story... You know, and I delivered that message in a way that uh, I think people are kind of, as they're desensitised to this stuff, you know, when you deliver it in the form of a short story, um, they read it with their guard down. And I, that was my intention to kind of educate people on, on this issue and that it's not OK to, you know, to, to claim to be Aboriginal if you're not. Yeah. I want to leave this chat because I can't believe we have already come up nearly uh, towards the end of the show. But uh, before you go, I really do and I want to ask you uh, what kind of advice you would give uh, writers coming up, uh, particularly Aboriginal writers uh, who are looking for a way to get their voices heard or develop their work. Uh, are, are there any pieces of advice that you would give? Absolutely. Um, the first would be... Um just have faith that people want to hear what you've got to say and don't don't try and uh, emulate other writers. Just use your own voice. Take your time to develop that voice and, um, and, 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 and don't compare yourself to other people. 
The other bit of advice I would say is to take the opportunities as they come along. Um, because, you know, from my experience, one opportunity leads, leads to another, and if you're open to those things, then, you know, this pathway forms, and, uh, and if you follow it and if, if you've got goals and things that you want to achieve, then, you know, that, you, that, lead, that pathway leads to those goals. And uh, it worked for me and, and other people in my life, um, other, you know, people down here, writers and that, that I've kind of been working alongside, they've done exactly the same thing, just... Just take the opportunities and, uh, and, 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 and always value yourself and your voice. Thanks so much, Adam. That's a great note to leave things on. I really appreciate uh, you spending so much time with me today. No, thanks for having me, Mel. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been nice to be on your show. Yeah, it's great. Uh, that was uh, Adam Thompson, author of a debut short story collection, Born Into This, which is out now through UQP. Independently yours, Triple R. 102.7. Hi, this is Mel Cranenberg. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Backstory, a weekly radio show exploring books, stories, the craft of writing, and the people behind the lines. Backstory is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.